basically, you know, I sat here. It's like, oh, my God, I'm in my 30s with, you know, a child. And I just felt I have nothing to show. Like, I felt like I failed at my marriage. And I was like, who is going to want to be with anyone at the age of 30 with a kid? Hey guys, my name is Katie Enterkin and I'm on a mission to help humans become the best possible versions of themselves and to unveil what I like to call the beautiful beast that already lives inside us all. And welcome to the podcast about everything and a little bit of nothing. I've had the privilege to talk to all kinds of different humans who have been through a plethora, oh I love big words, a myriad of experiences just being a human and existing. These are real conversations with real people, getting to know each other, sharing stories that make us cry, and occasionally pee our pants with laughter. We talk about all kinds of life stuff, parenthood, business, life goals, fitness, chasing your dreams, and yes, even some animal noises are involved. For more information, keep listening. This is the Unveiling the Beast podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I got to hang out with a real live superhuman, Keisha Jackson. She's one of my spin students and we just started chatting one day after class. So you guys know I'm genuinely interested in people and their stories, obviously, or this podcast wouldn't exist. So when we started talking and she mentioned that she's a veteran and she has a brain tumor, I'm not going to lie, I was selfishly thinking, I gotta have this chick on my podcast. And she actually agreed with a hell yeah. Later, when she found me on Facebook and I started stalking her page, as we all do, there she was, in all of her muscle-building, flexing glory on a stage as a bodybuilder. I was like, what the fuck? What other surprises does she have in store for us? Well, you have no idea. Regardless of the existence of all three of those badass superhuman things, you know, being a vet bodybuilder with a brain tumor, we only spend about 10 minutes on these topics. So please, enjoy the ride as much as I did. As always, I hope something lands with you today. I hope something you hear tugs on your heartstrings and or I hope you laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I am with Keisha Jackson. And she's my new friend. Aww. Welcome to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, Keisha, can you tell my listeners a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. Um, so I recently just moved to the Antelope Valley mm -hmm. um, back in July. I moved here because my love of my life got a job offer at Northrop so I guess nice. I decided yeah so I decided you know what I guess I'm going to leave the lovely state of Florida <laughs> to come here and you know to be with him and for us to start our life together so I retired from the military after 15 and a half years I was medically discharged um, wow. in September yeah shy of five years I could have got two checks you know um but they're you know the VA is taking care of me so it's it's all well and good that's good yes that's yes good. can I ask um what kind of injury it was 
Uh, well, whew, it's multiple injuries, but yeah. uh, I guess I can start with the the most major one is my <clears throat> my pituitary uh, cyst. Basically, what it is, it's a brain mass that is accumulated in the pituitary region of my brain, and the size causes me to have migraines and fainting spells. So every once in a while, I'll have an episode, um, which is kind of scary due to the fact that, you know, I could be driving, I could be working out, um, I could, you know, I could just be anywhere and just start having a dizzy spell or, um, or even worse, just fall out. Mm. So, but on a good note, um, I haven't had an episode for about five years now. Um, that's good. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Fitness fitness does that for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been bodybuilding actually. I was bodybuilding for about 10 years now. I'm actually about to compete again. Yes. <laughs> After I took a hiatus for 4 years and um I decided I was like, you know what? I have this itch to get back on stage and to get my pro card. So in 36 weeks, I'll be on the stage over in Culver City. Get it. I'm excited. Get it. <laughs> That's so cool. How did you get into that? Oh, and bodybuilding. Um, Actually, you know, it's funny. I was at the gym uh, when I was 16 years old, and a guy had asked me if I was interested in bodybuilding. Um, At the time, I really didn't know anything about it. So I was sitting there like, why are you even talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I am 16 years old, dude. Don't talk to me. You're gross. Yeah. (laughs) You're you're disgusting. Um, I'm in high school. So um, but since I didn't know anything about it, it kind of put like a bug in my ear and it kind of intrigued me. So I started doing some research and I was like, you know what, that might be something later down the road I would like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a few years went by, I went to the military um, and I kind of got caught up with all, you know, the daily tasks of the military. Mm-hmm. And I ended up meeting another person um, at the gym. Um, she was competing and she's like, I really think you should, you should consider it. Um, so I did. And the rest is history. That's so cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's such a great, um, it's an interesting sport, you know. Um, you realize there's so much discipline behind bodybuilding that is like you don't even think about it. A lot of people is just like, oh, you just go to the gym, work out as much as you can, eat healthy and go on stage and there's so much more to it yeah um like the mental state that you have to be in in order to do that day in and day out and the discipline that you have to have to say no to your friends say no to your family say no to like going out and just being social Mm -hmm. you know you have to realize like what's more important and I know that's kind of sad (laughs) that's actually kind of bad to say because you know like my family and my friends are very important to me Um, but at the same time this was something I wanted to do for myself so it was like you know I love you guys but I have to do this for me Um, and you know I realized I lost friends and I realized during that time like it was sad because I thought they were my friends and I realized, hey, 
they're not they're not really your friends and honestly at the end of the day like it's good that you realize that you know because you don't want fake people in your life anyways yeah so um so i'm kind of glad you know because i did realize i i did i did realize a lot about um who i was what i wanted to do where i wanted to be at and who i wanted to hang out with mm-hmm. um after after my first few shows so that's cool <laughs> and yeah back to the friends thing like i think true friends are your true friends if they support you no matter what you do you know what i mean yep so it's kind of like the same thing if well maybe not the same thing <laughs> bodybuilding and getting a boyfriend but you know how a girl will get a boyfriend or a guy will get a girlfriend or a guy will get a boyfriend and a girl will, whatever whatever mm-hmm. whatever floats your boat <laughs> um and you know they're gonna back off from their friends for a while and you'll know who your true friends are by the ones that don't put you down for hanging out with your your boo-boo you know what I mean? I I don't know why I brought that up. No, you know, comparing it to bodybuilding. But no, it's no, the same absolutely. Thing. The relationships is there. Um, re- regardless if it's a relationship or a friendship, it's it's all relationships. And you know, speaking of relationships, <laughs> um, are you breaking up with me? No, no, <laughs> of course kidding. not. Never. <laughs> Um, no, with relationships as well, I, you know, there was, there was a reflection on that, you know, my last year of doing a, a show, um, you know, I was, I was single, mm-hmm. um, and dating at the time. And, um, there was guys that, you know, I come to like have what, I don't know, what do you call it? I guess a crush maybe. Mm-hmm. And you know they didn't give me the time of day at the beginning of my prep and then I started to lose you know the the mass and lean out and everything else and then they came mm. it's like hey girl what's going on and me wanting so much to be you know in a relationship I was I was basically fell for it <laughs> I fell for it yeah. because I was vulnerable. I recently was divorced uh, two years prior to my last show. And I just felt, you know, I was like, I'm, oh my God, how old was I? I'm about to tell my age. <laughs> That's okay. I believe I was like 31, 32 at the time, <clears throat> give or take, because I can't remember because my memory sucks. I know how old you are now. <laughs> Just kidding. I still don't know how no. <laughs> But, you know, that year, I mean, I was so desperate to just wanting to feel more than just a, you know, a, a pretty girl or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be more than that. And I was so desperate to find someone who could see me that way that I was so blindsided with the littlest compliments that I would ever get. Like, I would just fall into my feelings so quickly yeah um and I got taken advantage of it just because like I said I was recently divorced in 2014 and you know it was a in my opinion it was a horrible relationship to begin with like I shouldn't have been married but it is what it is and um basically you know I sat here it's like oh my god I'm in my 30s with you know a child and I just felt I have nothing to show like I 
felt like I failed at my marriage and I was like who was gonna want to be with anyone at the age of 30 with a kid Mm -hmm. like no guy in the right mind would want to be with you know with a girl like that so it was almost like I was trying to overcompensate to balance that out Mm -hmm. mentally and again um, a lot of guys I guess they saw that and they took advantage of it so Though 2016 was a really good year for me, um, fitness-wise and health-wise, it was not a good relationship. I mean, it was not a good year for for me to be in a relationship at that time. Yeah. It was one bad, you know, one bad situation after another when it came to, to that. But I did also, at the end of 2016, um, I did realize that you know the the love of my life has been in my life since 2013 (laughs) and um if anyone ever says that alcohol is not a good thing i know i shouldn't be saying this but um sometimes good things can come out of drinking (laughs) at night you know because we had this um lovely conversation with alcohol in our systems and it was basically it was just my confidence booster And I asked him the infamous question, have you ever thought about us? And once I asked, I had a moment of silence and I said, you know what? Screw it. Don't ask. I don't want to know the answer anymore. (laughs) I was like, this is no, I don't, I don't want to. And he's like, can I, can I text you my reply? I was like, (laughs) oh my God. And uh, that was the longest 10 minutes of my life. (laughs) So So question, did he text you while you were sitting there? No. Or did he text you after you <laughs> left the conversation? So it was after I got off the phone. Um, oh, you were on the phone? Yes, we okay. were on the phone. I'm thinking you were face to face. No, 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 no. So like, I'll be right back. Can I text you? <laughs> so, oh, oh my God. That would have been funny, though. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll tell you about that night. That night was, I love that night. Um, he was actually on a family trip in Colorado. And um, he was sitting in his, I guess they were staying at a cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was gaming with uh, with my guy friends on the PlayStation. And I was telling them, I was like, I'm going to do it. And they were like, do it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And they're like, you said that 10 minutes ago. I was like, no, really, I'm going to do it. He's going to call me in a little bit and I'm going to I'm going to ask him. And sure enough, <laughs> um, when I told him that he responded by saying, hey, let me, t- I'm going to text you. <laughs> he was, I freaked out on the mic. I was like, oh my God, he's going to hurt my feelings. Aww. And um, they were trying to, you know, my friends were trying to help me and they're like, no, no, he's not. He was like, he's probably just caught off guard (laughs) or something you know I was like no no it's he's taking too long he's not gonna want I had so much crap going in my head you were being a girl yes (laughs) like a middle schooler at that just (laughs) not even no 13 year old yes um but he finally wrote and he said yes I have thought about us I just never thought that you would actually be interested in me yes so it made me cry um and it was funny because like when he left to Colorado we were friends 
And then when he came back, it was like this whole different dynamic. <laughs> when I came, I was nervous. I was coming home from work. And he's like, hey, we're watching the uh, UFC fight with Ronda Rossi. And it was New Year's Eve or close to New Year's Eve. And he's like, do you want to come over? It's like, well, there's a bunch of our friends here. And I said, sure. I got off the phone immediately, had the, the butterflies in my mm -hmm. stomach. And I was like, oh, my God. Do I look okay? Do I look okay in the mirror? <laughs> it's my it's my makeup right? You know, and you know, the moment that I, I came to the door, I opened it and I saw him and we just kind of just it's like, all right then. Yeah, this is this is going down. This is what's happening. How are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so again, um it was such a it was such a relief and I, you know, I do look back. We've been together now for three years, mm -hmm. a little over three years. And every time I see him, I always think of, you know, the first time that we had that conversation yeah. and it just gives me the the butterflies in my stomach all over again. That's so. so cute. And that's how I know that, you know, it's I don't, yeah, I don't want to be with anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and I will say that, you know, for your listeners out there that are dealing with, you know, relationships, feeling like they've just been in one bad relationship after another, you know, I, I will say that as many bad relationships as I've been in, <laughs> um, it brings humility to when you finally do meet that person because, it's it's crazy because I feel like when I look back at all the bad stuff, I realize that I don't take for granted the little stuff in a healthy and good relationship. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I thank him every day and he's just like, why are you thanking me <laughs> for, do <laughs> for doing like, he'll do something so small, like <clears throat> he'll get me a freaking I don't know he'll those little Belveda crackers like mm. sometimes I'll ask him like hey can you get me a cracker he's like sure and he'll come in there and just give me a cracker and I'm like thank you <laughs> <laughs> like to me it's it's such a relief to be with someone that genuinely wants to be in your company yeah. you know and like I can't imagine now that I have it I can't even imagine like how I even dealt with being in those bad relationships yeah um and honestly you know i i think about it and i realized the reason i was in those bad relationships is because it's all i knew and i thought that was normal mm. you know for guys to manipulate you the guys to be like oh you know i'm you know constantly saying that you're not going to find anybody better than me and everything it's like because I don't I don't know if I am or not and yeah. that feeling of being scared of being alone versus like I'd rather you know like I'd rather be in a bad relationship than be alone yeah. and it's that moment that you like you know what it's okay to be alone because I deserve better yeah and for that you know, when I finally got the strength to be like, you know what, I deserve better. I don't know what that better is, <laughs> but I know it's not this. Mm -hmm. um, and I had the courage to leave and just be on my own. Then 
you know, regardless of what happens, if I end up being alone for the rest of my days, at least I know that I had the self-confidence and the self-respect for me to walk away. So that's, (laughs) so that is my advice to your listeners when it comes to, you know, relationships, like stick in there. Yeah. Stick, stick to your guns, know your relation, you know, know your worth, especially know your worth. And, you know, again, there are so many people in this world. You're, you know, somebody's out there for you. Yeah. Who's going to appreciate you and be in, you know, that's going to genuinely just 100% want to be in your company regardless and accept you for your, you know, your perfections and your imperfections. And the moment that you realize that they're going to accept you for you Mm -hmm. is when you know that you're in a good place. Yep. So. Oh, I'm going to cry because oh. I keep thinking of Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love love. I do. You know, as much, you know, like I said, as, as much as I've been in these these type of relationships, you know, you would think that my, you know, experience like that will make someone bitter. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. Girl. It, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about my bitter face. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, man. Tell it, girl. (laughs) Most of my listeners, if you've listened this far, they know that I have an abusive ex-husband. And it was 99% mental and emotional abuse, which I think can be and is worse than physical abuse. I can agree with that. Um, and he, he would say things like, you're never going to find anybody who treats you better than I do. (laughs) And I believed him. I was so stupid. Right. Um, so yeah, when I, when I was with him, like, I won't get into details now, but when I was with him, Katie was gone. Like I, I wasn't there anymore. I was just this beaten down drinking version of myself you know you got to drink to numb mm-hmm. it um after i got the balls to leave him i was in this phase where i'd be at work i used to serve tables mm. as a waitress and a song would come on the radio a love song and i'd be like this fucking song makes me want to puke <laughs> And whoever was sitting at the counter would just laugh at me. And I'm like, this fucking song makes me want to puke. Such a trigger moment. I love it. But I was so bitter. And it's interesting because you and I have a similar story in that the the love of your life has already been in your life Mm -hmm. this whole time. I met Sean when I was 15. Wow. Online. (laughs) We didn't meet for eight years in person Mm -hmm. until after my divorce. But, you know, when we got, when we were in touch again, I would tell him, I'm never dating again. Fuck men. I'm going to be a lesbian. (laughs) I have a story for that. (laughs) But I'm going to let you finish. Well, that's pretty much the end. And he, he would be like, shut up. You'll date again. And then, you know, we met in person and all the angels sang and blew their trumpets. And it was beautiful. And... Here we are today, oh 11, 12 years later. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's what I'm going for right yeah. now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, going, going back to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
my situation is I'm so glad I'm out of the military now because I can talk about this. <laughs> uh -oh. um, yeah. So um, relationship wise, I was going through um, a really, really hard time um, going against basically my values and like what I felt was right to do mm -hmm. and my happiness. Um, long story short, my ex husband, um, I won't go into too much detail just in case he, you know, for some reason finds this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically he was incarcerated and I stuck by him through that incarceration. And, um, I come to find out things during, um, during his time there that just didn't sit right. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure of the truth. And to this day, I really still don't know the truth to the whole story. Um, but his charges basically changed my whole like aspect, like the, the whole dynamics of our relationship, like to the point, like I had to figure out where to live. Um, you know, like, did I even want to say anything about his situation? Because it's embarrassing. Yeah. And it's not even me. It's not even my charge, but my, like, I was affected. And even more so, you know, my daughter was affected by his charges. Yeah. Um, and those charges are, are not going anywhere anytime soon. Even after that he did his time, he's not... It, it's not going to go anywhere. It's it's stuck with him. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but in the meantime, you know, he was incarcerated. Um, I went off and tried to live my life. And, you know, and it was still a shaky relationship to begin with. And unfortunately, you know, I felt really, really bad because, you know, I basically went away and I met someone and <laughs> I didn't realize, I was like, you know, I just met this person as a friend. I didn't even think about it because it was, it was a female. And, you know, we were friends, we talked, I told her about my situation. I told her about, you know, what was going on and mm -hmm. she was there for me. And I don't know if it was just the first person that really listened. Um, to what was going on and genuinely showed care yeah like Keisha it's gonna be okay you know you'll we'll, you'll get through this like you're a beautiful person you know you'll get through this you're a very strong person and I don't know if just the time that I was there with her that just made me start falling having these feelings that I was like I don't know if these are real feelings of like love and compassion mm -hmm. or if it's just a friendship thing but it was so different I, yeah it was different and yeah. I didn't really know I was super confused um you know and then I ended up going outside of my marriage and you know experimented mm -hmm. quote unquote <laughs> um <laughs> it's okay this yeah. is an explicit podcast <laughs> that's fine just kidding you but, don't have to tell details no, no, no. <laughs> it's fine no, no. like i said i'm an open book yeah but you know long story short you know i lost i lost my v card twice one with a female and one with a guy obviously <laughs> um and i fucking liked it so <laughs> it's just yeah. like 
I don't know. And again, I, to this day, I I don't know that part of my life, whether or not it was just the feeling of being in a different relationship that I didn't have to deal with the situation mm-hmm. with my ex, you know, at the time he wasn't my ex, but my husband at the time. Um, it was just refreshing that I didn't have to deal with all of that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I fell in love with the idea that I could potentially have somewhat of a normal life, even though, you know, (laughs) 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 it's, you know, it was different for me and, and whatnot. So, you know, at that time I was like, holy crap, am I, you know, am I bisexual? Am I swishing all together? I, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. So, and I was real young at the time. And last, you know, after a while, it was just the lines got blurry. I tried to keep it separated. I was like, okay, you know what? We're just going to be friends. I'm married. I'm, you know, we're, you know, you live in a different state. I'm here. Like, what are we doing? I mean, sometimes I yeah. would have these moments of reality hitting in and I was like we can't do this but then he'll you know or she'll say something and it's just like no it's okay we can just be friends you know I come hang out with you every once in a while we'll just be friends I get it you're you're married so on and so forth so that lasted all of you know six months maybe (laughs) (laughs) um and she developed feelings and she basically said you know I love you and I (laughs) I didn't know (laughs) I didn't know what else to say other than I love you too and (laughs) after you peed a little bit yeah just a little bit yeah just Just a little little bit I mean I was drunk it was my birthday when she said it I think she did that on purpose (laughs) I really think she did but you know because again um how many years later it's been and I still remember when she said I love you for the first time so I really think she did that on purpose. But again, the lines were so blurred and I didn't, I didn't even know. It just, it was just muddy. <laughs> the whole situation was muddy. And, you know, trying to figure out my feelings between the two, um, again, with my morals mm-hmm. of being married, but being married to a guy that you know I I had I mean there's there's a lot of history involved with my ex-husband um and there's a lot of things that I resented about him Mm -hmm. as you know even before we got married and I can go into this like in another episode but (laughs) it's like holy shit to go back Mm -hmm. and, and (laughs) realize how much I've been through with him it was just really hard like two-thirds of my life I've known him I've known him since I was nine years old oh wow and um just throwing again I'm 34 now so (sighs) that should tell you guys (laughs) it's been a long time now I know (laughs) we're the same age oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and you know I like we grew up playing basketball like we met playing basketball and like he was my high school sweetheart and you know coming from that and him leaving and you know 
trying to like it's you me against the world like everything was always against us and it's like I didn't want to let go of the idea that we can make it and (laughs) it was one thing after another but his incarceration and his charges like threw it threw me off the edge I was like I can't do this to me anymore um I can't I can't be here. I can't, I can't be in this situation, you know? Um, and then I had to think about my daughter. Yeah. So, you know, I, I had to let go of my morals and just be like, you know what? I can't be with you. And I decided that I was like, you know what? I, I can't be with you because of Jada, because of my daughter. So I told him to leave. And... You know, I still think sometimes, you know, that time that I was there when I told him, hey, you need to go, there was months that I was going back and forth, like, did I make the right choice? Um, Did I not fight hard enough? You know, I I went through a whole, like, months, almost a year, maybe, might be even more than that, because I actually, I gave him a second chance, and I actually went back to him to give him the second chance. after I moved back to Florida, I was actually in Jersey when I told him he needed to go. And I went to, when I moved back to Florida because of my orders, I gave him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, I was like, well, maybe now we've had some time away from each other that we were going to, you know, try again. Maybe, you know, things would change a little bit nothing's changed <laughs> yeah um nothing changed at all as a matter of fact my uncle had died mm. and that day I was at his I was at his wake um he calls to yell at me because I didn't pick up my phone and when I finally you know had the nerve to pick it up and say hey you know I didn't answer I was like I didn't answer my phone you didn't need to yell at me about it I was like I'm at my uncle's wake and his response is what threw me and I shit you not when I say it verbatim and I mean the tone as well Mm -hmm. is what came out and it's just like oh we'll call me back later I wanted to throw my phone in the middle of the funeral house, like home or whatever the fuck that you call it Mm -hmm. I I wanted to throw my phone and throw a fit yeah and scream because like dude it's my my uncle's funeral you know yeah and that's what you're gonna say like I don't get an apology for you number one yelling at me for not picking up my phone and then two I don't get you know I'm sorry for your loss you know I've prayers go out to your family like that's what any normal person would do yeah I didn't get that I got in oh well call me back later like bitch (laughs) (laughs) see ya so it's over now yeah and it was done um and I was I was done I was like no I'm not dealing with this so I I let that go and the funny thing is the the girl (laughs) (laughs) my first my first and only girl relationship that I had um I went back to her as well, gave her a second chance. We, um, again, there's a, there's a lot entailed to that. So, um, 
I think the next time we do an episode, because I would love to do another episode, oh, I would yeah. go through a timeline of this crazy freaking relationship. Let's do it. This, ep- oh my god, it's a soap opera. I really, I love it. <laughs> it's a freaking soap opera. Um, but yeah, it's a long story short. I moved to Jersey. The whole reason I moved to Jersey was for her, and the first night that. I move up there, I realized that the so-called girlfriend that he broke, or that she broke up with, um, she moved in with her to the apartment. Oh. <laughs> and I found out because, you know, I, I moved to Jersey. So I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, a lot of um, that relationship, she was very manipulative as well very emotion, uh, emotional who emotional emotional <laughs> it's a new word it's i love emotional. new words emotional <laughs> emotional that's like when a moose yes or a cow <laughs> gets a moose <laughs> <laughs> yeah she um she was definitely very manipulative and emotion like I went to therapy over it and mm-hmm. my therapist even told me she's toxic you need to you need to leave it's like and they know yeah <laughs> it is funny because I was like you're my therapist aren't you supposed to like help me <laughs> like see past the the bad and try to work the good and she's like no <laughs> you, that's you funny need, that you say that because you, you know without making this story about me um one of the things that helped me finally leave my ex-husband was i was going to counseling <laughs> and he's nice. like uh why wh- huh <laughs> anyway like continue. like what are you doing yeah <laughs> why I'm like, why do you not see make this me feel better about the way he's treating me absolutely mm-hmm so that's that was kind of a huge red flag for me when I went to <laughs> my therapist and my therapist literally said, this is a toxic relationship. You need to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> um, just to give you an example of how manipulative she was, um, she got upset over the fact that I went to a friend's house, a co-worker's uh-huh. house um, with other friends and co-workers to watch a basketball game the particular guy's house that I went to he or she did not like him at all um she thought that he was very disrespectful um some other stuff or whatever and he's like Uh oh he has a hidden agenda it's like okay regardless if he does or not you should trust me yeah not to you know whatever yeah but the insecurities were really really bad um but I ended up leaving because I was like um it was to the point like he or she wanted me all to herself and sorry just letting you guys know the reason I keep saying he is because she became a he later on so I, I'm usually really respectful oh, okay. I got gotcha. you so it's it's really hard to to come in with that but just letting you guys know um so for future reference um for this particular x i will say p <laughs> okay okay that works. so i came home and p was like 
you know, even though I told you about my feelings about you going over there, you still went over there. And I said, yes, because they were my friends and we wanted to watch the final four. And I wasn't going to, you know, I basically wasn't going to say no to my coworkers. Yeah. Um, so he ended up making me feel extremely bad for even going saying like I disobeyed him um, and you know I disrespected P and I whatever it's like just I don't even know how to explain that but it's just yeah. knocked me down making me feel like shit right so me during that time um, instead of having the confrontation and just facing it I always cowered and I went you know I basically avoided it so I end up going into the bathroom I remember I end up going to the bathroom and I just kind of sat there just to be in my thoughts for a little bit and then next thing I know I'm hearing a lot of commotion in the bedroom and I'm like what the hell is going on like there was a lot of moving furniture uh-huh. um so I went to the door to check up on on P and she barricaded the door with like a drawer or something. Oh. So I'm trying to open the door and I'm like why are you barricading the door and when I managed to have like the door cracked open I see P on the on the bed not PP, but P. Yeah. <laughs> I see P on the bed. Um, but I, I see her on the I bed. I see her on the bed. And <clears throat> I see pills. And I freaked out. I called 911 immediately. Um, basically broke down the door. And tried to figure out what pills they were. Um, I wasn't even sure how much, you know, was consumed. I, I had no idea. So I... Call 911, 911 comes, and I see her ex-girlfriend, supposedly, quote-unquote, supposedly, mm-hmm. just allegedly, girlfriend, <laughs> come to the house as well, along with some other friends that I know was not mutual friends with me. Uh-huh. Um, they were yelling at me, saying it was my fault, this happened on your watch, that she overdosed on her medication um because she was bipolar so she's like she overdosed on her on her medication and everything and this is your fault you did this this happened on your watch this is your fault and at first I was like what do you mean it's my fault like I don't understand I did not put a gun to her head and say take these pills I didn't do any of that so at the beginning of it it was fine, but something switched. Like I got to the emergency room because um, I followed because I had my daughter with me. So I had to make sure she was okay with, um, you know, making sure that she was okay before I put her in the car and everything else. Because so I was kind of late going to the emergency room. Um, next thing that happens, I get to the emergency room. The ex-girlfriend allegedly mm-hmm. was already in the room with her basically because she knew about the medication she you know because I didn't know any of the medications like I wasn't even aware of like all the medications that she was on um, but she knew um, so she was talking to the doctors and everyone's just staring at me like you're the criminal you're a murderer 
wow. this happen. Like, if she dies, this is this is, her, you know, her blood is on you, kind of thing. Um, and those stares and those looks was like what, what killed me, right? Those stares and those looks is what killed me, and it made it was to the point that I almost, not almost, like I believed, I believed it. You know, it was that manipulative. Um, to even go further into that evening, um, she was admitted. I wasn't allowed to be in the room with her by myself. Like people stayed in there like I was being supervised. Like it was my fault again that she was in the hospital to begin with. Did you ever find out why they were saying these horrible things? Because they truly believed it. And the bad thing about it was when I expressed my feelings, I was like, look, P, I don't understand. You know, you know what happened. I know what happened. They don't know what happened because they weren't in the house. You know, so why is your ex-girlfriend and why are your friends treating me like I'm a criminal that I can't even, you know, supposedly we're supposed to try and, you know, you live in our, we live together. Yeah. And I'm being treated like this. And you're letting them. Why? Like, why are you not sticking up for me when I'm the one that called 911? And the response that I always get when it came to her ex-girlfriend was, you know, she's been there longer. She's She knows my history. Um, you didn't know about my medication. You know, so, like, she needs to be around. And I'm like, okay, I whatever but at the same time it's like she doesn't need to treat me this way yeah and and everything so it's like and how come she never told you about the medication exactly so in that that aspect um you know during that time I was younger much much younger I was in my 20s so you know a lot of things that like I knew but didn't know or didn't want to know or come to terms with Mm -hmm. that I know now it's like Keisha you dumb (laughs) like why did you allow this to happen like you like it's it's nobody's fault but my own because I chose not to come to terms with it because again I was in a relationship and I'd rather be in a manipulative and fucked up relationship than to be alone yeah I was so afraid to be alone and that fear is what drives people to do bad things to you and you allowing it to happen to you. So, um, but that was one example of the manipulative shit that I had to deal with, with my ex-girlfriend. And again, there's a lot more involved. I'm not perfect picture perfect either. I know I have, I've had my fair share of, you know, mistakes that I've made. Um, and I owned up to those. Yeah. And that's fine. This is all we can do. (laughs) Exactly. This is, you know, things that I'm saying right now, it's my story. And again, I also know that, you know, I'm not picture perfect. I wasn't the perfect girlfriend. I wasn't the perfect wife. Um, But I owned up to it and I realized, you know, I was a bigger person and was mature enough to be like, you know what? We're not good for each other. Yeah. And walked away. So... But yeah, <laughs> girl, this is some good stuff because 
there's people that don't even know they're in a toxic relationship until they hear like a similar story from the outside if that makes sense oh yeah so you might be helping a lot of people just by sharing what you're sharing with me and that's freaking it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy and it's awesome and i i mean if i can help one person realize you know before it's too late or before it gets really bad um to the point that you almost feel helpless and you can't even get out like if i can help one person then i feel like you know it was worth telling my story um again (laughs) there's there's so much that i can you know explain but you know with my ex-girlfriend she was very manipulative and emotionally abusive and my ex-husband um I can't really say he was emotionally abusive but he would play the victim a lot yeah to make me feel bad about even being mad yeah you know it's like oh what was me you're doing this to me you're a bad person yeah um and that's a different type of abuse in my opinion oh yeah you know um I will say and I really haven't outside of my therapy I haven't really spoke about this story and I mean it is what it is um but this is actually this is going to help me to let it out <laughs> so we're all ears <laughs> me and the rear view mirror <laughs> side view no <Yeah>. okay <laughs> um so you know I want to be cordial with my ex I really do mm-hmm. but at the same time it is so hard for me for Keisha not you know Jada's mother but for Keisha to be around my ex-husband mm-hmm. um, and you know basically what happened was the the night that he came to sign the paperwork because I didn't want to serve him to pay for you know I didn't want to pay for the server to serve yeah. him the paperwork I thought it would be easier that I was like you know what we're not in a at this time we're just we know that we're not good for each other and like to be in a relationship. And I wanted to be cordial. I wanted to have that co-parenting. And I'm like, look, if you want to be here for Jada, you know, then I'm going to try to do what I can for you to have that relationship with her. So, you know, I try to play nice. Yeah. Um, but the night that he had came to see me, to sign the paperwork for our divorce um that night you know I never thought to you know I never thought to ever close my door or lock my door to my bedroom at all um and I didn't think I needed to for him yeah you know so but he stayed over because you know, I was trying to be nice and be like, look, you don't need to spend money to go to a hotel. Um, when I have a living room, I have a couch and, you know, I have a couch and, and two bedrooms. It's not that big of a deal. 
So, you know, I figured I was like, you know, you haven't seen Jada in a year at this point because we lived about six hours apart uh, away from each other. Mm-hmm. So I was like, kill two birds with one stone. You can spend time with our daughter, sign the paperwork and be done. So um, sign the paperwork. We talked for a little bit, but I got tired um, a little bit. I, you know, I'll, I'll admit I was drinking wine. I had one glass of wine, um, but I got really, really tired. Um, I had a long day that day, a long week actually from over in, uh, over at the job. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sleep. Um, a little later in the night, he comes into my room. I did not realize what was going on. And then the moment that I realized I was going, you know, what was going on, the weight of him being over me put me in a state of fear and like I was frozen. Yeah. And I, what do you call it? Disassociate myself. I'm using a therapy term here. <laughs> no, that's good. I, uh, I disassociated myself from the situation. It was almost like an out of body experience. Hmm. Um, just praying that it would be over soon. Um, after everything was said and done. So he basically raped you? Yeah. Raped me. Um, you know, I sat there in a state of shock for a few minutes and then the overwhelming flow of just tears, like it was just nonstop crying for like the next 15, 20 minutes, it seemed like, um, until I basically I went back to sleep um the next morning he was in the living room and it was just like nothing happened like he didn't even he didn't even act like he didn't even acknowledge anything about it acted like it was just another day and we you know he ended up getting the papers notarized he gave it to me and he's like all right he's like all right Keisha well I'll see you later and I'm like what the f- fuck is yeah. going on um i just want to hug you right now <laughs> it was so like i buried that for so long um for years i didn't tell anybody i just like you know what if i just forget about it it'll go away right and it sucks because it i didn't realize you know i i buried it for a, a long time and I will say that I don't care how deep you bury your shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to come to the surface and it's yeah. going to come tenfold to the surface because the situation, that incident made me realize like I, to this day, I'm just now getting over being able to keep my door open you know yeah and it's because I I can thank my boyfriend I can thank my boyfriend for that but for years I could not stand open doors I could not stand being in a room that wasn't locked I it sucked it it didn't even matter like it didn't even have to be like I didn't even sleep in my own bed for 
a year. I slept in the living room on my couch because I could not be in that room. I actually, for months until I was able to get out of the apartment, I could not sleep in that bedroom. Um, it's, <laughs> I didn't realize, like, I was like, you know what, this is, it was all internal. I was like, you know what, put a smile on my face the next, you know, when I'm out in public. Yeah. And be done with it. It'll go away. It'll time will heal it. Whatever, you know. But I didn't realize how much of an impact that was to me until I got into the relationship with my boyfriend, and he was just like, "Keisha, this is not normal. Like, why are you? Why are you like this?" And I was like, you know. And for the longest time, I was like, "Just I don't know. I don't know why I'm like this." And I knew why I was like that. Yeah. Um, and when I finally was able to tell him what happened, you know, he was in shock and he got pissed, which, you know, I understood. Yeah. Um, but he, it was so, I think it's funny because when even after he knew about the whole situation and this is the type of person that my ex-husband was knowing what he did to me and meeting him for the first time knowing what happened he's like Keisha that's he's a very dangerous person and I was like what do you mean like because I wanted to know like what he meant by that yeah and he's like Keisha I'm a grown-ass man and I know what he did so for me to know that and me being a grown-ass man I still felt sorry for him because he just has that look about him just like a guy that's just down on his luck you know he hasn't seen his daughter in x amount of years because you know he's trying he's like i'm that guy that's trying in society yeah and it's just like one mishap after another after another and he's like you can't help but to feel sorry for him and that infuriated me so much because i was like you know you know what he did and you still feel like that and he's like that's that's dangerous for someone to be able to have that kind of pull on somebody and like it's like you know the truth it's like he can murder someone and still feel like oh I feel like a sad fucking puppy dog (laughs) it's like (laughs) fuck dude (laughs) oh my god you know so with that it's it scares him and it scares me because we don't like Jada doesn't know about his situation like why he was incarcerated Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know what he did to me and I don't want, you know, she's nine years old. I'm not going to yeah. tell her. She doesn't oh, need to know no. that, At least yet anyway. No. You know, but for her not to know, you know, imagine if you knew and he still can make you feel sorry for him. Imagine what a person like that can do when you don't know the whole truth. Yeah. 
and that's what that that is you know and that's why he said like he's a very dangerous person so i <laughs> you know and that was that's another thing is is that um after my boyfriend got the job here in the valley i was left behind for 6 months and i knew it was going to be a hard 6 months for me because my ex moved back to our hometown in those six months. Like it was almost like simultaneously, like as soon as my boyfriend left, like two, three weeks later is when he moved back into our town. That's creepy. <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, the strength that I had was because of my boyfriend mm -hmm. to be able to deal with him because he was with me. He was by my side. But now it's like he wasn't there so I lost my whole security blanket yeah your rock yeah yeah I, I didn't know what to do and it talk about anxiety talk mm. about depression PTSD oh yeah <laughs> you know I mean there was crap like that constantly went into my head like what if he decides to snap he decides to go you know, I moved back to my parents' house for the last six months that I was there. And we've lived in that house forever. Like, so he knows where my parents live at. Um, and, you know, I was like, what if he just shows up to my parents' house? And there was moments that I so happened not to be at home or my daughter wasn't at home. She was over at my brother's house mm -hmm. um, playing with her cousins. And he would just roll up out of the blue. My my parents would tell me. And it's like, I couldn't go out at night because I was afraid that he was around. Um, I had to call, like if I had to leave, I had to call my parents to come outside to help escort me back into the house because I was afraid that I was gonna run into him from the driveway to my front door. And I could not live like that. Like shit sucked for six months. And yeah. um, just the, the, the level of fear and the, the, the anxious feeling in all like every day, like, am I going to run into him at the store? Am I, you know, like, is he going to try to get my daughter while she's at dance practice before I get there? Like, so I had to tell people, like, I try to keep that under my, basically, like, I don't know, that, that embarrassing memory that you have, and you just want to, like, bury it. Yeah. And you don't want to tell anybody, because you don't want to explain it to anybody and everything else. It's just like, if you stay over there, I'll be fine. <laughs> but that I realize, work. no, it that doesn't. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I have to tell the people at the dance I have to tell people from the school and you know I was like hey if you see you know if he comes in and he tries to like pick her up and everything just you know because Jada knows who he is my daughter yeah. knows who he is so it's not like if he comes in there she's not going to react in a positive way you know so I had to explain like yes that is her father but this is the situation and I had to explain the situation to a lot of people um just for my you know for my sanity and for yeah. my peace of mind because I didn't want 
them to make the mistake of letting her go because she's like, oh, that's my dad. Yeah. Because any normal person's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Go with your dad. So, you know, and (laughs) six months sucked so bad. And when I realized that I was finally leaving, like the day could not have came soon enough. (laughs) You know, and I was extremely happy. And now being here, I was like, I'm half across, like I'm cross country. It's like you barely saw her and me when you were six hours away. And you barely saw her when you were around in town. I just felt like, you know, he saw her once a week on the weekends and everything because that was what we agreed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like those I dreaded those days though that day that he was able to spend time with her in a public place still dreaded the shit out of me yeah you know um but you know I I felt comfortable because I knew that she had her phone with her I knew that she didn't feel comfortable enough to be with him alone because not because of the situation because again she didn't know about she doesn't know about the situation yeah but because he hasn't been in her life for so long like that's a stranger to her yeah she knows like she acknowledged who he is she's like yes that is my dad but at the same time he's a stranger so i knew that as long as they went to a public place they'll be fine or she'll be fine um forgot where I was going with that story but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so you know like I said when I got here it was just the moment of feeling like the possibility of him showing up to California from Florida Mm -hmm. is slim to none and my anxiety has been so much better since I've been here um you know and I'm still dealing with what happened in 2014 um And just, you know, the rest of my relationships, standpoints and whatnot, like I'm still dealing with it to this day, but it's getting better. Yeah. Um, So because I'm talking about it and counseling's amazing. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Self-care. Yep. I will tell you guys that right now. Self-care is a freaking miracle worker. Yep. So whatever it is that is positive self-care not negative (laughs) self-care so don't drink (laughs) yeah not telling you guys to drink but you know paint meditate um if going for a walk go get a massage oh my god i need counseling you know a lot of people think counseling is just for broken people and it's not no it's not just you just because you go see a counselor doesn't mean you're broken it means you're you could just be stuck and they'll pull something out of you that you didn't know was there. And you'll be like, oh, well, shit, maybe I should leave my husband. Right? <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. You're putting all this stuff in me. I didn't even realize it. I know you meant well, you know. Yeah. It's another topic. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, Families. Man. Gotta love them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so... As Kitty was saying, like, definitely you should talk to someone. I mean, even talking to friends is good. um, But sometimes your friends (laughs) don't give you the greatest advice. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, but 
definitely take care of yourself you know hit a punching bag not a wall but a punching yeah. bag um go to the gym take a walk go paint take a painting class um read a book whatever that makes your heart sing yeah things that make you go feel body build. oh my god yes <laughs> yes god is such a oh my god such a stress <laughs> relief like Oh my God, when I decided to do the show, I know we're going back, like we're going all over the place, but it's okay. okay. But when I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm doing this show. And I counted how many weeks I had. I was like, okay, it's 36 weeks. I'm going to do the show. It was like a, oh, oh my God. It was just like this crazy motivation, this driven, like my old self just, came back that's awesome and it felt so good you know and i hate it like i'm i'm half fucking asleep at 4 a.m getting <laughs> yeah. up and i'm like oh my god i gotta do cardio oh my god i gotta lift weights like who wants to lift anything at 5 a.m seriously yeah but afterwards the endorphins is freaking amazing and i would not trade that for any fucking drug in the world that's awesome <laughs> yeah so again just find something that makes your heart sing in a positive way and stick to that and let that be your self care yes so and i want to add to that find something that makes your heart sing and it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but you Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's your thing. It's for you. It's not for anybody else. Like me, I, I don't ever want to compete, <laughs> but I fucking love CrossFit. Oh. <laughs> you know? I love watching CrossFit. Oh. <laughs> I, I love anything that's hardcore, like spin class. Oh, my obviously. God. Obviously. Obviously. Ladies and gentlemen, I... she's one of my students, and you never know what <laughs> friends you're going to make. If you teach a spin class, but um, yeah, spin class, dude, I love your spin class. <laughs> Thank you, I Thank love you. it. I absolutely love your spin class. I feel so good. Am I gonna blush right now? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to Sundays. You know, not because you know NFL, you know Sundays come on yeah. now. It's football, but you know that doesn't happen until ten o'clock here. You know, when NFL season is showing up and everything and your, your freaking class started at 8.30. So I was like pumped and I was pumped for the rest of the day. So, you know, going to your class, I always look forward to seeing you because your energy, you know, I feed off of that. Like I go to other spin classes and though I, I love spin in general. Yeah. But it's your music and just your energy and just like your motivation and how you pump other people up even again who wants to be doing spin class at 8 30 in the morning nobody but even when go. i'm limping around and i can't even get when you're, even when you're limping around you still have this level of energy that i don't get anywhere else in any other spin class and i enjoy it along with the music i mean the music selection is freaking phenomenal i love it and it keeps me going even when i'm not feeling well you know i'm not feeling 100 percent. i give it my all because i feed off that energy and i appreciate it so much you know because it's it's like 
I don't know, because it's Sunday. It's the beginning of the week. I know most people say that Monday is the beginning of the week, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and it just sets the tone for the rest of my week. So... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love it. Thank you. You know, so in the days, you know, I haven't been in spin class for, you know, during the holidays because I started working with my real estate business and everything else. So my time was just kind of off. But during that time, like it sucked. Yeah. Everyone. I'm just letting you know. It sucked. We missed you. (laughs) I missed you guys too and I'm glad that my bike is still there. Yeah. No one took it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes the front, just so you know. I do. <laughs> Besides, you know, the crazy ones that sit in the front. Yeah. But nobody took my spot and I was super happy. And you know, again, I I look forward to going to class. I look forward to feeling the energy. I oh my God. <laughs> um like again it sets the tone for the rest of my week and makes like the energy is there my motivation is there it's just like it's a nice reset it's like okay that's awesome yeah i always like feedback because (laughs) you know one of the reasons i started teaching was of course (laughs) it'll make me go even when i'm not in the mood to work out that's one reason and i the other reason is i like to motivate people and I think part of the motivation comes from, uh, like, look, <laughs> you're going to get mad at me for saying this. Look at this fat instructor teaching. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but no, I've been teaching since before, you know, I've been teaching for almost six years. So, but my point is, like, even when I have an injury, which is, this is the first time I've had an injury. Right. The other times I taught off the bike, I was knocked up. Mm. <laughs> That's a good reason, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, when I'm in those situations where I have to teach off the bike, it reminds me how much I love to motivate people because I'm not doing anything on the bike. Right. I'm just pedaling with my hands. <laughs> You're so, getting an upper body workout. I am. I am a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sunday, my heart rate went way up, but that's another story yes. about anxiety. Mm. And, but um, I think... I think that we should end it here and definitely have you back multiple times. Oh, absolutely. Look, I have 36 weeks to a show. I will tell you guys all about my um, my journey. Let's do that. I love it. That's cool. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we just decided off the record that we are going to follow her through the next 36 weeks um, with her training and how she's going for her bodybuilding competition and I'm really excited because I'm going to help you vlog it. Yes. <laughs> and you have to be at the show. It's in Culver City. Ooh, I want to go. Yes. Yeah. So listeners, however, we'll post the link in the yes. in the in the thingy below. Absolutely. <laughs> and you guys can also follow me on YouTube and we'll put the link on there as well. Yeah. I'll be putting all my videos on there as well, so I'm excited. Awesome. Yay. Yay. <laughs> So I have one question to ask you and I ask everybody at the end of each episode and you might have already answered this question. I'll answer it got again. kind of inspirational, but <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to the world, what would it be? Hmm. Love yourself, dude. <laughs> Seriously, like that would be the biggest thing. Like 
do you and you should not give a fuck what anyone else thinks. They're either with you or against you, but you're always going to be with you. So therefore, you need to respect yourself and love yourself. And that's all I have. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Keisha Jackson, signing off. Until next time.